I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. We are two single girls trying to figure out how to date well as Christian women. We are. And we're glad you're here today. Glad you're here, as always. Yes. Bethany has our question of the day today, Woo-hoo! so let's jump to it. Let's do Okay, are you ready? Yes. What dumb accomplishment <laughs> are you the most proud of in your life? <laughs> what dumb accomplishment am I most proud of in my life? You always have the thinkers. Do you have your answer? My bad. Hmm. I should have thought of that before <laughs> I asked the question. Oh, I have one. Okay. Okay. That was I, quick. <laughs> I have a lot of dumb accomplishments. Okay. I had a lot to pick from. Okay. No. So I don't know how dumb it is. I think it's a dumb one to be proud of. But when I was in fourth grade, I won the spelling bee. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm impressed. You made it through all the words. They had to go get a word from the... Like fifth or sixth grade spelling bee. Oh, so, fancy yes. pants. So okay, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, I have one. Okay, what is it? I was voted best dressed at my freshman homecoming, which was my Look first ever dance. I had like a green strapless tulle dress with like this black overlay. It was very very pretty <laughs> in my mind, at least. <laughs> Would you wear it today? Would you still wear that dress? Um, or no? Yeah, it wouldn't totally be on trend, but I would still wear it. I couldn't breathe in it. I went to Olive Garden with my friends before the dance and would have, well, once we sat down, I'd like unzip no, my dress you did to not. breathe. Oh and my then word. Because well, you eat a few breadsticks in well, a tight homecoming that dress. That is true. It makes it a little more difficult. So, but I was, I was pretty proud of that. That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Nice, nicely done. Yes. Yeah, so more fun facts, guys, that you're learning about us. So and we're learning about each other. I didn't know yes, that about you. Did exactly. you know I want a spelling bee? No, I didn't See? know you want a spelling bee. We're learning bee. about each other too. We'd love to hear about all your really dumb things you're proud of too. So feel free <laughs> so to we feel better about ourselves. Yeah. So feel free to shout out on social media. Maybe th- share some throwback pictures there or something and tag us in Ooh, that. That would be your fun. Yeah. Dumb. Maybe they're not dumb to you. Accomplishments, but just. Let us know. Some fun, cheesy yes. accomplishments you're proud of. Okay. We'd love to hear it. One thing that we're going to talk about, or the thing we're going to talk about today, rather, is hospitality and the single girl. And speaking of accomplishments, I think Bethany is just really, really good at this. She didn't know I was going to say you're this. You're so sweet. This is not in the notes, but I wanted to kick this off because, I mean, one, as far as just planning get-togethers and events and parties. She's phenomenal. I've already told her that she's my wedding planner for whenever that happens. So she's got like five or six clients already lined up of all our friends. But she's just so good about having people over and her door is always open. And um, I'm really excited that we are talking about this today because I think she has a lot to say and has a lot of wisdom to offer on this. So I think you guys are going to learn a lot from her today. So no pressure. Yeah, really. (laughs) Setting the bar real high. Okay, so Bethany, my one question is before we get into it, though, some people may be wondering, okay, what does hospitality have to do with dating and singleness? And if this podcast is about how to date well as a Christian woman, like how does hospitality tie into that? So can you talk a little bit about that before we get into everything else? Yeah, I think there's several, several things that it can help with. One, from a purely practical standpoint when it comes to dating, anytime you're around more people and you're widening the circle of interaction that you have in life, you're going to meet more people and the opportunities to meet someone who you might potentially date is going to be greater the more people you're interacting with. So strictly from that standpoint, um, there's that. And then 
on the complete opposite of that, <laughs> that's a very consumeristic mindset. I think on the opposite, though, when you're focusing on hospitality and being hospitable, you're taking the focus off of yourself, um, and you're it's a very selfless thing. It's very others-focused when you're truly being hospitable, and that will only set you up well for any future relationships uh, that you've got. And two, if you're tempted to be frustrated or even wallow in loneliness maybe when you're single, when you're surrounding yourself with other people who are pointing you to Christ and being truly open, open door to them, it can really help you engage your mind in other ways that would be more helpful than, oh, why am I single? So I think that's several things that can kind of tie in there. No, that's all super good and super helpful. Kind of our overarching theme, and this is something that's kind of just been on my mind a lot lately, is true hospitality and being a true hostess in a hangout culture. What a tagline. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> I think a lot of it's so true. True hospitality has been lost a lot, I think. Um, and especially if you look back at what biblical hospitality was, like when it talks about being hospitable, there's a certain element of that that meant willingly opening your door and your home to strangers who were on a journey through wherever you lived because there weren't hotels everywhere like we have today. They didn't have anywhere to stay sometimes. And so they didn't have a choice but to stop at people's homes. So in First Peter, where it says to be hospitable to one another without complaint or without grumbling or joyfully, whatever like your translation says in that verse, that's, that, that was an element of that too. Not just, ooh, let's hang out with our close friends all the time, but this element of opening your door to people that they didn't even know. And it was commanded. It wasn't an option. It wasn't a suggestion. But it was a command that was to be conducted with joy. Um, now, in today's world, I am not, I repeat, not advocating that you invite every random person that wanders up to your door into your home for a meal. <laughs> not at all. Especially as a girl. 100% that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. In fact, yeah, that's probably a really, really bad idea. But it means that, like we said, just hanging out with your little circle of friends all the time is not the extent of true hospitality. Invite the new person at church over for lunch after church one Sunday. You know, invite an older couple in your church over for dinner. I guarantee you if you do that and have an open mind and just invest in that couple, you will probably just learn so much about life and them and just think of how much you can gain from, like, their life experiences. And you can see, like, just... I just think that's really cool to do something like that or just foster friendships in general outside of your circle. Broaden your circle, I guess I should say. No, I think those are all super good. I love the thought of having an older couple over for dinner. I think that's so fun. And I think hospitality, as it is with a lot of other things, like when you invest in people or you lead in some sort of way or you mentor in some sort of way, you end up getting out way more than you ever plan to. It's like you think you're there, which you are there to serve, and you're there to, you know, invest but you end up getting served and invested in more than you probably realized. I think that's the beauty of hospitality. Oh, it totally and there's so is. much potential for that. Yeah. If and you really open people up to that it. you would never get to know otherwise. And I think there's a lot of, you know, hesitation or, you know, trepidation and nervousness about, oh, well, what if they think I'm weird for just coming up and being like, hey, you don't know me, but do you want to come eat at my house? 
And it is, but just remember, if you think that would be a cool thing for someone to come say to you, like you would like that, more likely than not, everyone else would be just as receptive to that. They would be just as much like, oh, wow, I'm so glad that someone came and did that. So just from a practical standpoint, just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. We want to give you guys some practical steps in this episode to be hospitable because it's one thing to just talk about it and to encourage you to do it, but we wanted to make this as easy for you and to give you some actual takeaways of things that you can, you know, go with. But like Bethany said, the I mean, you just got to start. It's one of those things that you know, you don't have to, there doesn't have to be all this preparation, this fuss and everything to try to get everything perfect. Just go for it. You know, be the person that asks, be the person that's intentional, be the person that is going to go out of their way to make others feel welcome. And that doesn't mean you have to have 15 people over at your house at one time. This is not some huge event every other week that you've got to have at your house. This could be one or two people in your home at a time. But as long as, you know, your time and your money and your space allows it, you know, still being wise with that. But it's just the point of being inviting and being welcoming and having that posture towards other people. I think a really good way for you to kind of get into just starting being, starting to be hospitable is to make goals or have a plan for how you're going to do this. I know that Bethany's got a friend that had a great idea or not an idea. They actually do this every year. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we all say, oh, let's get dinner sometime, or oh, you should come over and hang out. And we say that, but no one really ever expects you to follow through with that. No one ever expects you to actually do anything. So prove them wrong. Be different. Be Follow through on those things. And like you said, be intentional. But yeah, one of my really good friends, her family has two families over every month. I love to just that. have them into their house for a meal, for dinner. It's very casual. It's not some big pomp and circumstance kind of event. It's just come over and let's eat together. And I think they alternate between like one of those families every month is someone that they know well and is a close friend and that they really, you know, maybe it's someone they've done this with over and over and so they've become that. And then they try to host someone who they don't know well for the sole purpose of truly investing in them and getting to know them better. And I just think that is a really cool balance that there's that conscious effort to always be widening that circle, always be including more people. And, you know, I think you hear people say, and I've said this, well, I don't need any more friends. And it's like this excuse for not, you know, having someone over or not investing in a relationship or a future friendship or whatever it is that there's the potential there, but you selfishly say, well, I don't need any more friends. Maybe it's not you that needs that friend. Maybe they need you as a friend. And so it's pretty selfish on your part to just brush over that. So don't, don't let that ever be a, a hindrance, I don't think. No, I totally agree. And I think another thing we can do from a practical standpoint is just be flexible. Yes. Like hospitality, I know there's a lot of planning a lot of times that can go into it, but be one of those people that's just willing to be like, hey, I want to come over and, you know, let's do this or kind of, you know, yeah. just being open-handed with it. Well, and have a mindset too that hospitality is not about you. Um, yes, you're having people into your home, you're fostering this environment of getting to know each other or deepening friendships or whatever it is. But I think the true root of hospitality is serving other people, making sure they're included, they're enjoying it, making sure those those are the, the goals you're trying to accomplish. And so if you are not so rigid in making sure it's 
you know, you impress people or, you know, it goes just how you plan because then they'll think highly of you, then that gives you a little bit more room to be flexible in those situations. Yeah, and I think one way that me and my roommates have been able to do this recently is um, we're in a small group together, so there's six girls and then our leader is seven, and normally we meet um, every Wednesday night at my small group leader's house. She's so great. She always feeds us dinner. She is a wonderful picture of hospitality, has us in her home every week. But there have been a few times where um, they've had some house renovations going on or something was going on with their kids. And so my roommates and I have been able to volunteer like, hey, we can have it at our place. And so not only are you getting, are we getting to kind of um, open our, well, not kind of, we're getting to open our home to our small group and being able to host people, but we're going to, we're getting to take off the burden of our small group leader of she's always got this going on every week that, Hey, let, let us do this for you. And so it's multiple ways that you're getting to serve people and again, just be welcoming. And we've got a, you know, it's a three bedroom apartment with a living room and a kitchen and we pull in our chairs off of our deck and, (laughs) you know, people, a couple people sit on the floor, but we make it work and it's so fun and it's homey and it's great just having people there. Yeah, it's about, you pull in the deck chairs and it's homey. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's about the people. It's not about the the look of it all or no. is everything put together or this, that, or the other. It's about the people and investing in those people and truly loving them as Christ loves them, which is not in a selfish way. It's not in a showy way. It's just truly enjoying the people. I agree. That's so good. So now... With all of those practical examples in mind, we want to take it even one step further and give you some ideas of things that you can do in regards to hospitality. Yeah. And these, some of these, these we've some tried. Of ours, yeah. yeah. A lot of these we do pretty regularly. Um, a couple of these I want to try because I've heard them from friends. <laughs> so I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, but one thing I thought, that actually the first thing I thought of was when you're in a season of being single, maybe you're like me and Bethany, where you've been in one or eight weddings (laughs) recently. And one really great way for you to be hospitable is to throw a shower for, or an engagement party or something for the friend in your life that's getting married. And not only because you just want to show hospitality and you want to, you know, open your home to these people and to celebrate your friend, but I think something happens in your heart it kind of changes your perspective when you do that because instead of you kind of defaulting to maybe where your flesh is wanting to feel bitter or jealous or sad that this isn't you, it's you're getting to shift the focus again where this isn't about you. It's about celebrating your friend and it's about preparing this get together for her in one of the most exciting seasons of her life yeah. and how fun and what an honor that we have the opportunity to do that. And I think yeah. that's a great way for us to do what we're talking about here. Yeah, you're celebrating what God has done in her life. And I think especially if it's a close friend, um, then you've talked about maybe the things you struggle with with being single or the frustrations that you have or the the ways that you just maybe if you don't see an end to it or just all those things. You've probably talked to her about those things. And so the last thing you want is for her to feel even the slightest bit that she can't be excited or she can't talk to you about, you know, this place that she's in for fear of making you feel bad. And if you jump in now, this is a, if you true, like, this is if you truly 
are wanting this for her. Like, from the standpoint of you're truly feeling this way and you're truly being genuine in that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you're just faking it, then you've missed the point. But if you're truly genuinely wanting to celebrate her, this is a great way to take, you know, truly take that focus off of you and jump in and celebrate your friend. Which, yeah, I think is a, a really... And it's unique to this season of life because the older you get, the fewer weddings you go to or are in because it's unique to this time in our life. So I think that's a really good point. Another one that I like is cook together versus, okay, everybody just bring food over. You know, get in the kitchen and cook and make something that then you can sit down and talk about, especially if it's someone or a group or a couple or whatever that you don't know super well. You've just spent this time cooking and making something and working through something. And then you sit down and you've got this automatic conversation started because you just shared an experience together. Does that make that. sense? Mm, and so you, you're not, there, some of that awkwardness may go away because you have something built in to talk about that, that will then lead into other things to talk about. Yeah. So, and you're doing something. Yes. So and whether time. it's cooking or some other activity, if you do something and then you sit down to have that conversation, you've got a, an experience that you've just shared that you can use as a springboard for conversation. Yeah. One thing I love, uh, that one of the girls that works with me actually told me about this, that her and her husband and then a few other couples, they've done this a few times where they all go to the grocery store together and they have a pizza cooking competition. Oh, so wow. you go to the grocery store and you're split into teams and you have 10 minutes to get your ingredients. And that then, would be so much So fun. you're running through the store, you're grabbing your ingredients, you check out, and then you all go home and you make your respective pizzas with your ingredients. Then you get to try everybody's. And there's like a competition of like who made the best pizza. I love that. I loved that Can we so do that much. sometime we too? That would be so much fun. I think it would be so fun. fun. I love grocery shopping anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think it's just a really fun, if you're competitive, that's yes. a nice little addition. But I think it's just a really fun way to... Like you said, yeah, get people together and do yeah. something fun and create conversation and have a good time. Oh, and I think f- friendly competition, friendly competition, is <laughs> always on the friendly. <laughs> yes, that's always a fun thing to do. Whether it's having people over or going, you know, I think there's a certain element of you can be hospitable in creating an environment for people to get together, even if it's not at your house. So if you're going to a park to hang out. Put together some activities. Like, you can have some competition. It doesn't have to be in your home. That's true. If you kind of are putting it together or whatever. But, yeah, I think competition helps you get to know people quicker. Um, Certain, you know, (laughs) filters come down and disappear when you're in the trenches of whatever board game you're playing trying to achieve this goal. Like, it just kind of helps because you're focused on something. Kind of like going back to you have something to talk about. You're focused on something. And so you can kind of get through that awkwardness, which just lets those filters... um, go away which yeah game nights oh are some of our favorite things to do i love a good game night yeah so much fun we love let's see let's list some of them just for reference if maybe give some people some Some ideas favorite games Um, one that we play a lot or we play we haven't played in a while but there's uh one that's a trivia game we call like uh called linky l-i-n-k-e-e yes if you're googling it it's so fun it's really fun because it's like my it's goal like is a, always to beat Bethany at it. That's like the mark. That's I think I just remember super random facts. I don't know. But um, it's kind of like a trivia game mixed with word association. Is that a mm-hmm. fair? Yeah, like, that's a great description. description. It's really fun. It's so we really fun. like that one a lot. 
One that my family has been on, because my family, we have lots of game nights when everybody's in town, is Spicy Uno. Which I have no idea what that is. Oh my gosh. So it's not, like, you just use Uno cards. So it's oh, not like okay. an actual, it's not its game. you don't okay. buy it, but they're just separate rules. And it's so, it's a little more fast-paced and... It's super fun. Okay, I'll, you'll have to show you can me. Google the rules or I'll put them in the blog oh, post. Oh, yeah, do that. Week. And then I can go read the blog and yes. find them. <laughs> because it's so much fun. We played it on vacation. And oh, that's it's fun, fun with a really yeah. big group, too, which is really cool. Which I think that's something else to keep in mind because hospitality for a small group is very different from hospitality for a big group. Um, but a couple that are really good for big groups are. I think catchphrase is a good one, and then headbands, which I know is one you oh, like. I love I've never played bands. that one as much, but I know it's good for a big group. Yeah, it's so fun. And it's really funny when you're trying to figure out what word is strapped to your head. Yeah. And everybody else knows it, and yeah. it seems so obvious to them, and you're totally clueless. Um, a couple of games that I think we've, I don't know, have you ever played Ticket to Ride? Do you know that no, one? No, I've never played Okay, that we'll have one. to play sometime. That one, it takes a long time. It's a long game. Okay. Um, so I don't know that that would be a great, like, oh, we're just getting to know you. Like, first time you have people over, like, it takes a really long time, but it's a fun game. Yeah. Um, if you like that one. So, that's okay. another one. And Phase 10 is always fun, too. Well, now that one will bring out people's true <laughs> colors real quick. <laughs> Let me just say. I love that game, though. It's so good. So, y'all have to go check these out and let us know what your favorite games are, too. Yeah, we want, we always, always looking. We yes. have game nights a lot, whether it's our families or each other or friends or whatever or new people or new, new friends. people exactly yes. no and i think another thing um themes are good if you are throwing more of a like a party party as opposed to just a informal like get together um i like something with a theme even if it's you know pretty basic because i think it sets expectations for the flow of the event and that way, if people don't know each other all that well, like maybe you've got people from several different friend groups coming and they don't know each other very well, if everyone kind of knows the theme of this party, then it kind of sets the flow for how it's going to go and it helps them with expectations because they're not going in blind. There's a commonality to it that everyone has. Like, again, they're all sharing something in common right off the bat. And so I think that's really helpful um, when you're planning more of an official party as opposed to just hey, come over and let's hang out. Yeah. Or come over and let me make you dinner or whatever it is. Yeah. We just did this for Bethany's birthday party, actually. We had an office watch party. It was party. so much fun. So everybody got there, and we told people that we were doing this ahead of time. So you came, and you wrote your fav- like favorite two or three episodes, each on a slip of paper, and we would just draw episodes out of a jar all night and watched The Office and ate pizza. And it was simple, it was, but it was so fun. Yeah. And... Everybody was laughing and talking and quoting the episodes, and it was great. It was really fun. So, yeah. Have a watch party for your favorite TV show. If you have one for One Tree Hill, please invite me, <laughs> and I will come. Because that would be so much fun. That would be fun. It would be really fun. But all of that to say, even if, you know, you do throw a party, and you have the theme, and it's all cute, and I love a good themed party, but don't get so caught up in the party itself being perfect that you miss the people. Like Bethany said, hospitality is not about the event, it's the people that are there in the environment you're creating for connection and for friendship and for, you know, community. And that needs to be the sole focus. And that's something I have to remind myself a lot because it's easy to find yourself like running around, making sure all the little details that you're probably the only person that would notice anyway, making sure those are done. And then you kind of miss actually enjoying the people you're with. But remember, hospitality 
is the means to an end of deepening friendships or making new friends or, you know, just coming alongside with someone and encouraging them, whatever situation it is exactly, you being hospitable is the means to that end. Your hospitality is not the end itself. Mm -hmm. It's not the end goal for people to see how great and hospitable you are. The goal is to, you know, have a better friend at the end of that than when they came in. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mary and Martha. Yeah, I'm a Martha. I will fully admit it. And so I have to work on that. Yeah, it's just a really good reminder to have. And to, I mean, I know Pinterest, I love Pinterest. But it's like the romantic comedy of party planning. Like, you're such a good way of Your expectations are so high. Like, all those Instagram accounts and Netflix shows about recreating Pinterest projects that are absolute fails because they're all so perfect. And then you do it in real life, you're like, oh, well, that did not turn out. How I thought it would. But don't get caught up in this Pinterest perfect mentality that you've got to have the big Joanna Gaines house. And you've got to, you know, have a certain amount of money. And you've got to be able to cook better than you do now in order to start being hospitable. Because, again, if you wait and wait and wait, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Like, you've just got to start now. And, like we said... The circumstances don't have to be perfect. And people are going to remember down the road the friendships that they formed and the relationships that they made at that event more than they are, oh, do you remember those brownies that we had? (laughs) Which the brownies may have been great, but long term, like what's going to impact their lives the most is the way you serve them and the environment that you gave them to be able to meet people and to grow in relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if, yeah, if you're hooked on gaining the approval and affirmation of other people, then you've missed the point entirely. You've missed the Mm -hmm. whole point of hospitality. And it's about opening up your home and sharing with people and creating those edifying relationships with people that you might not normally. And patterns you start and foster now with that will be beneficial once you're married or married with kids because you're going to be busy Mm -hmm. then. You're going to have so many other things going on that if you've started those patterns now, you're that much further down the road and it's not going to be as huge of an undertaking to start that because you're already doing it. It's already part of your life Mm -hmm. that will just look a little bit different once you're in a different stage, but it's not something that's totally foreign. So start that now and I think it will benefit you and so many other people hugely down the road. Yeah, well, because I definitely think one thing that we as single women can get caught up in is oh, I'm going to be that mom that always has my kids' friends over. Or I'm going to be that wife that's always having, you know, my husband's work friends and their wives over, you know. And that while that may be true and that may be part of, you know, your life one day, you can start forming those habits now with the people that God has put in your life. And the things that, the habits that you form now are going to just continue to carry over into future seasons of life. So if that is a goal for you to have one day, being single does not inhibit your ability to be hospitable. Mm-mm. So. No, not at all. Let's get to it, ladies. Yes. We can do this. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yes. Because <laughs> it should be fun. It, it is fun. And, I mean, if party planning isn't your thing or organizing a formal event, like, that's okay. Everyone, though, can pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, I'd love it if you came over for dinner. Mm-hmm. It's more about your heart behind yeah. it. As so many things are. Yeah. That is, yeah, exactly. I mean, you think about in First Samuel 16 when, you know, the verse where it's like, don't judge him by his height or his appearance because I have rejected him because the world looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And yes, we're talking about like a physical human being in this point and was talking about how they didn't think that 
King David was big enough or strong enough or great enough and that this guy should be it because he physically looked the part. But God was more worried about whoever the future king was, his heart more than the way he looked. And it's the same way with us. Like if our heart is in the right place, it doesn't matter if our apartment is Pinterest perfect. It doesn't matter if we've got the best kitchen to cook all this food and, you know, all the money to have all these. It's just, do you have the right mindset and the right heart attitude to start welcoming people into your home? Yeah. Well, we, when we, as we were getting ready for this episode and kind of doing some prep work, we found a quote that I just think sums all of this up so perfectly. It says, hospitality is simply love in action. It has much more to do with the resources of a generous heart than the sufficiency of food or space. And I I just love that. Love in action. I love that. Because that's what you're doing. You're loving people. You're putting legs to these words that you say you believe. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Well, these actions are worth... So much more than that. Yeah. So, you know, put some action behind what you say and don't... If you've been saying for, you know, the past six months, oh, you really should have so-and-so over. Or I really ought to reach out to this person. Okay. Yeah. Do it. I'm literally thinking right now, there have I, been a few girls that I've been wanting to have over to the apartment. I'm yep. like, I'm going to try to get this on the it's, calendar. Exactly. I was, though, several times as we've been talking through this episode, certain people have come to mind, and I'm sure for you guys listening, as we've talked about things, someone has popped into your head. So take this as our encouragement of saying, okay, go text that person. Go call that person and say, hey, let's get together and have a plan. Don't, I think that's also kind of key because everyone is busy. Everyone has 20 million things going on, especially now at the holidays, but there's also a lot of lonely people now at the holidays. So look for that person and go approach them with a plan. It doesn't have to be like all the details. I'm just saying, don't go, Hey, we ought to, you ought to come over and let's hang out sometime. Go to them and say, Hey, I've got, you know, Thursday and Saturday free this week. I would love it if we could get together and you could come over and let's hang out. Do any of those times work for you? And go from there. They may say, no, those don't, but what about this? Like, it just, it starts that process. And I think that tells someone that you care or you're invested um, a lot. Like, it, it speaks volumes, I think. I think so, too. So we hope this has been helpful for you guys. We hope that We've given you some encouragement, but also some practical steps on how you can practice hospitality in this season of your life. And we cannot wait to hear about the stories and the get-togethers and all the fun things yes. that are going to happen, especially this holiday season. It's a great time it is. to it's be the hospitable. Time of year. So we hope that you guys kind of jump in with us and yeah, start making the step towards hospitality. We'll do it together. Because, yeah, we, yeah, we've definitely got places we can work on this, too. Definitely. So we're right there with you. So thanks for joining us for another episode. I mentioned last episode how we would really love you guys to go leave a rating and review on iTunes, and we would still love that. If you're wanting to get us something for Christmas, this Ooh, would be yes. a great it's thing for you to do. Very helpful. It's so helpful, and it helps iTunes know to suggest the podcast to other people, and it gives it validity and credibility as people are searching um, for how to navigate Christian dating. And we want to be able to help as many people as we can with this. So if you guys can do that, it would play a really big part in us being able to do that. And we'd be really, really thankful. So make sure you go do that. And if you're not already, make sure you are following us on social media. All of our accounts are listed in our show notes on our blog. So, or you can just search for looking for the middle on any 
Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. We're there. All the things. And then be sure to tune in next week because, one, we only have two episodes left for the rest of the season, which is super crazy. But next week, we're going to be titling the episode Easier Said Than Done. And this is basically just a chance for Bethany and I to get really transparent with you guys about what we personally are kind of working through right now. What are we struggling with? What are we dealing with when it comes to dating and singleness? And wanting to be in a relationship because as fun as it's been for us to talk about all of these topics and to try to encourage you guys through some of these things we definitely don't have it all figured out no and we are learning just as much as you guys are so we want to really practice vulnerability and honesty with you guys and kind of let you in and yeah. kind of show you what is going on in our oh heads yeah and we know it's this. really easy for us to just sit here and say do this and do that and here's what you need to do and here's what you shouldn't do and yeah we believe all those things like we're (laughs) we stand behind what we say but just because we say them doesn't mean we do them perfectly it doesn't mean we have it all together and so we just want to kind of you know make it a little more real that we're not perfect by any stretch of anyone's imagination and realize that we're walking this with you guys like you're not alone in what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're struggling with, what you're kind of processing. And so I think this is going to be a really challenging episode for us, but in the best way. Yeah, so we got to practice what we preach. Yes. So be sure to tune in for that. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm-hmm.